everybody. Welcome back to the Insightful Thinkers Podcast. In 1896, the two most influential thinkers in the field of developmental psychology were born. Seeking to understand the development of the human mind, both Jean Piaget and Lev Vygotsky revolutionized the field despite their opposing views surrounding a key question. To what extent do social factors play a role in the development of the mind? That's what we're talking about today. The differing views of Vygotsky and Piaget, despite them both being equally influential for the field of developmental psychology. Sources of this episode, too many to list here. Review to the episode description uh, if you want further reading on that. So let's start with Piaget's perspective. And let's start with his general theory. And then we'll go to Vygotsky's general theory. Then we'll talk about how they're different. Um... So Piaget, he was the first to present a comprehensive account of cognitive development. So that's why he's so influential. No one before him really considered how the child's mind develops. Piaget believed mental growth consisted of the child moving from simple to complex systems of logic in an invariant course that didn't change. So there were just certain stages that the child progressed through, um, no matter what social factors were were really involved. Piaget was a stage theorist. So this so he believed that a child developed in four universal and linear stages of development. A stage theorist is, is someone uh, like Piaget who believes that children's development is marked by radical shifts in thinking patterns at specific time points or transition points that are certain stages that they go from one stage to the next. In, in Piaget's psychology, the level of cognitive development determines learning. It is therefore necessary to define the cognitive level before learning. Because for Piaget, stages reign supreme. So these stages that the child is in have to be considered in the development of their mind and in, in how we educate the children. Because you can't teach a child a certain thing that, according to Piaget, may be impossible to learn based on the stage that child is in. Their mind is just not at the right stage. So you really have to pay attention to the, these stages. What are all these stages that I'm talking about? So first of all, there's the sensorimotor stage from zero to two years old. Again, this is just all according to Piaget. So this is when, between zero and two, object permanence is still developing. So this means that children at, uh, between zero and two, according to Piaget, do not yet understand that an object continues to exist when that object is out of their view. So if I, if I put the paper in front of the screen uh, for the YouTube viewers, a zero to two year old would not think I'm still even there. If I stopped talking and I just blocked the camera, they would just think I disappeared. So that's because they don't have object permanence yet. Now this develops and then they get to the pre-operational stage when they do have this object permanence. The pre-operational stage is between two and seven years old. And this is when the child finally becomes able to think beyond the here and now. But they still show egocentrism. Not the egocentrism that you might think it is or that we, we know e what it means to be egocentric. That's not what it me meant for Piaget. For Piaget, this egocentrism that children showed between two and seven meant that they couldn't see the world from another's point of view. They just thought everyone saw the world from, from their eyes and they don't, 
if they're looking from one side of a table, looking at a mountain uh, or, or a painting of a mountain, they don't understand that the person looking from the other side just sees the, the other side of the canvas and, and doesn't see a mountain there. So they, they look from an egocentric point of view. Now, between 7 to 11, you get to the concrete operations, according to Piaget. So this is where a few things develop. One of them is conservation. So children now understand that the amount of something remains the same, even if its appearance changes. So there's the famous task that Piaget developed of the conservation task, where you pour uh, liquid into from, from one shape of glass into another shape of glass. Uh, before the pre or the concrete operational phase, if you poured liquid from a fat glass into a tall, skinny glass, the child would say, oh, there's now more liquid there, if you ask them. Uh, and this has been proven in, in a lot of experiments. But now, between 7 to 11, you can take this short, fat glass, pour the water into a tall, skinny glass, and the child will still believe and still correctly know that there's still the same amount of water there. This is what, what develops in the concrete operational phase between 7 to 11. Identity also develops in this phase. When the child learns that a person or object remains the same over time, compensation also develops, uh, where the child now understands that one action can cause or change another action. Then we get to the final stage of Piaget, the fourth and final stage of formal operations from 11 to adulthood. And this is where everything else just rounds out. The child gets abstract thinking, reasoning, problem solving, and a metacognitive capacity. Metacognitive capacity is the ability to think about your own thinking. Before 11 years old, according to Piaget, there's no metacognition in, in these children. Now let's talk about how different this is from Vygotsky. Vygotsky, he was developing his theory around the same time as Piaget. I, I told you that they were both born in the exact same year. But Vygotsky was creating something a little bit different. Uh, it was equally comprehensive though. But whereas Piaget emphasized physical interaction with the world uh, and the autonomous child going through stages as uh, for learning, Viaget, or <laughs> Viaget, that'd be a mix of, of the two theorists, Vygotsky, excuse me, emphasized social interaction. So you saw from Piaget's stages, there's not much concern for social interaction with other people. Vygotsky really emphasized social interaction, and this led to his sociocultural theory of development, where students learn through social interactions and their culture. He employed the term scaffolding, or created the term actually, where uh, this is a learning mechanism in which the teacher provides initial assistance in a child's learning, but gradually removes this structure as the child becomes more competent. Where Piaget would assume the student may not yet have a certain mental structure to solve a problem or may not be in the correct stage, Vygotsky would, uh, he sought to offer encouragement for the children or strategies in, in the form of scaffolding to help the student solve the problem. He didn't say, oh, you're not in the concrete operations phase, so uh, we're, not gonna, we're not gonna try to teach you this thing. He would just, he would just go ahead with scaffolding and, and use different educational strategies where the, where the teacher can help them. You look at Piaget's stages, if the child is not at a certain stage, it doesn't really matter, according to Piaget, the social interaction or the guidance the child gets. 
they're not going to be able to to learn things that are outside of their stage. So contrary to Piaget, Vygotsky believed that learning was a social process that took place independently of stages of development. Vygotsky believed that children can acquire skills and master, master tasks at different rates. It's not like as soon as you turn from 7 to 11, uh, that's when you're in the concrete operations phase, 2 to 7 pre-operational. Children can acquire skills at different rates. For him, there was no, there was no idea of stages. Mental development, according to Vygotsky, is not all about the child's course. It's more a product of culture rather than the internal, uh, sequential, stage one, two, three, four principles of growth that uh, Piaget emphasized. Consequently, the most central question for Vygotsky is how a culture's ideas get from outside uh, the, the social interaction to inside, to thought. How can these ideas from the culture get inside the child's head? That's really uh, what Vygotsky was was concerned with. He created also another incredibly influential thing called the zone of proximal development. This is the gap between what one can do on one's own and what one can do with help from someone with a higher skill set. So when helped through a zone slightly above the student's ability, then the student's cognitive ability can expand. So you can look at an example of Imagine if a child is trying to learn to write a grammatically correct sentence. The child maybe right now, what they can do on their own is they can make a sentence, but they need that assistance to make the sentence grammatically correct. That little zone between the incorrect and the correct sentence, which requires help to get to, is the zone of proximal development. That little zone that with just a little bit of help, the child can get to that next level. And with perhaps scaffolding can be used to get that child uh, help in that zone of proximal development. So you see how these social factors are so important for Vygotsky, where a child's thought process is shaped directly through interaction with an adult. In this zone of proximal development, it would be nothing for the child if they didn't have that adult to help out with, with scaffolding, with, with helping them make that sentence grammatically correct instead of them just writing the sentence on their own. And the, these social interactions are really important for the children, according to Vygotsky. This zone of proximal development is where the child can absorb all sorts of cultural instruments. Remember, from the outside, from the culture, to the inside, to the mind. Uh, they can absorb these cultural instruments like language, reading, writing, calculus, social skills, and, and all sorts of other things, according to Vygotsky. So the main difference between the two, Piaget was concerned with this more invariant, strict order of mental development, whereas Vygotsky was more concerned with how others within one's culture shape development. However, neither was blind to the other alternative. And we'll talk a little bit about that later. Uh, about how Piaget wasn't, didn't completely forget about the social factors that are important in development. But let's get more into this main difference because there really is something here about how Piaget had more of an individual focus and Vygotsky had more of a socio-cultural focus. So Piaget, unlike Vygotsky, placed, uh, well, Vygotsky, first of all, let's start with him, he placed more importance on the social environment and saw instruction as playing a crucial role in leading development. But Piaget 
resisted the idea that sociocultural transmission of information could possibly form the basis of understanding. It kind of came from within, from autonomous uh, things the child did interacting with his or her environment. Piaget paid more attention to the individual's role in his or, own development, his or her own development without as much concern for any social effects from the environment. He saw the development of thought as more of an individual issue. It's the individual's own behavior in the environment that is the source of development of, of cognitive capacities rather than the social environment. Piaget believed concepts developed merely by that child autonomously interacting with the world. So Piaget wasn't really interested in the social factors influencing development. According to Piaget, development can be explained without necessary reference to various factors like social education. But Vygotsky's totally opposite on the surface. We're going to get more into the weeds in a second, but on the surface, it, it, it is totally opposite because for Vygotsky, development entails learning not only at the more passive level, but also at a deeper level cultural, more conscious level. Human capacities come into being as a result of social interaction, according to Vygotsky. They are not built on any predetermined foundation, and they are certainly not developed in stages. For Vygotsky, all higher mental functions have their genesis in social exchange. A child's development, according to him, is, he's, and I quote, refracted through the prism of the environment. Without the environment, the child will not develop. Without scaffolding, without uh, help from, from teachers and intervention in learning, their, their cognitive development will not take place. The real basis for Vygotsky's thinking is that the social factors exist long before the development of the child's thinking capacities. There are social structures in place before we all enter the world. The, so the child's acquisition of scientific concepts must arise from these this rich social context that the child gets thrown into at birth. Because the social factors are there before the child, Vygotsky focuses on these. Piaget, though, figured that the child progressed through stages independently of specific social factors. Vygotsky really takes issue with this and the way that Piaget represents the child's mental development as such a qualitative shift from stage to stage. He says this, uh, it's a, a, bit, a bit of a longer quote, but bear with me. He says for Piaget, he says, the developmental process is not represented as the continual emergence of new, more developed forms of thought on the foundations of basic forms of thought. Rather, Piaget's development is portrayed as a process through which one form of thought is being forced out by another. The child's thinking is placed in opposition to the adult's thought. One does not arise from the other, one excludes the other. One must be done away with so that the other can take its place. So he thinks that Piaget thinks that it goes from one stage to the next. It's a total shift and, it, and these stages aren't really building on one another. And he kind of makes a point because in Piaget's ideas, it kind of every new stage the child enters, they kind of totally reverse their thinking and, and, and certainly some things develop throughout the stages like object permanence and things but their minds totally shift in the way they they perceive different things as they go through these stages and and Vygotsky doesn't really agree with this total shift from stage to stage um, he figures that 
uh, according to Piaget, one stage has to be totally done away with so that the other can take its place. So you can see their differing views here. And let's finish up with on language or finish up Vygotsky's ideas with what he thought about language. Um, Vygotsky believed that the initially social language becomes more individual over time. In other words, for Vygotsky, as toddlers grow, they talk to themselves and use the speech they hear from their social environment. So first you have to get it from the social environment. Then as the child talks, they're only just replicating what they got from their social environment. So in some, well, some of the, the main differences of the two, um, Vygotsky views development as proceeding from the outside in. Piaget views it from as proceeding from the inside out. That is to say that Vygotsky looks first to social factors in the development of the individual psyche, whereas Piaget looks to the individual who can learn through autonomous interaction with the environment. Piaget then thought more about autonomy in the child's development, to what is intrinsic in the individual and what comes primarily from their own actions, whereas Vygotsky thought more about what is extrinsic to the individual and what comes from the child's interactions with peers and adults. Vygotsky, uh, he kind of builds on this outside-in perspective um, where, where the social world comes first and that uh, makes a mark on the mind of the child. So he says this, he says, a child who would naturally develop arithmetic functions would never do so just by nature. These are external changes coming from the environment and are not in any way a process of internal development. And no, he, I mean, when you're learning calculus, you wouldn't just, unless you're Isaac Newton, but even Isaac Newton was steeped in, in all sorts of, uh, mathematical texts before him, but Vygotsky's basically just saying this very fact that you're not just going to all of a sudden uh, come up on all these solutions and calculus and, and just learn mathematics on your own. You're going to need social factors to, to learn these things. And you can see how this is counter to Piaget's inside-out perspective, where the child is more in control of his or her own developmental process. Piaget would then therefore argue that this knowledge of mathematics and these type of things is, a, is indeed a, a process of internal development, but he does concede that certain names and certain concepts do need to be made known to the child by teachers. So there certainly is a social impact. Building on this, uh, let's look at education specifically about how a child can learn things and their different views on this or how a child should best learn certain things. So they had a real difference in opinion on how much emphasis should be put into trial and error explanation by children in their development. So how much you should just let a child go out and experiment and play, kind of learn for themselves empirically as they develop. Well, Piaget believed this trial and error training gave children the ability to allow their creative impulses to flower. Remember, he's really concerned about how the child goes about interacting with the environment themselves. But Vygotsky believed in a more structured approach. So less trial and error experimentation. Uh, let's make instruction more geared to helping the child develop skills. Uh, that they couldn't do on their own. So he doesn't figure that just by trial and error, they're gonna gain skills on their own. He says, let's put a more regimented approach so that we can help these children 
if they're in the zone of proximal development where they, yes, they are developing some things on their own, but let's help them with scaffolding and things to uh, get them to the next level that they cannot do on their own. They need social factors for that. They need a teacher, according to Vygotsky. Continuing with this, uh, these different views they have on education, they, they, they had different views on, on uh, the value of teaching intervention. So Vygotsky believed intervention has productive and unique consequences for development. You see this in the zone of proximal, proximal development and scaffolding. You need intervention to develop, according to Vygotsky. So he was a proponent of guided discovery in the classroom. And guided discovery involves the teacher offering intriguing questions to students and having them discover the answers. The students are engaged in the discovery process, but they are still receiving assistance from a more knowledgeable source to help guide them. Piaget, on the other hand, advocated for discovery learning with very little teacher intervention. It's about the autonomy of the child going through going through their stages by trial and error. So the main point about their differences is Piaget proposed that children progress through the stages of cognitive development through natural maturation and autonomous discovery methods, whereas Vygotsky stressed the importance of culture on a child's development. We talked about the this main difference about culture versus more of a natural maturation and, and Vygotsky concerning himself more about the social factors in development and Piaget just concerning himself more with uh, uh, the autonomous discovery methods the child goes through to progress through these, these predetermined stages. But maybe this is just on the surface and maybe if we look deeper, their theories might not be so different after all. Especially later in their careers, both authors introduced modifications into their theories in, in later writings. Now, unfortunately, Vygotsky wasn't even able to produce many later writings because he actually passed away uh, in his late 30s, I believe, due to tuberculosis. So he didn't get a chance to fully revise a lot of his things. But both theorists uh, did make their theories a little more moderate over time. Piaget, he came to recognize that the development of thought was more dependent on social context than he had initially realized. And that Vygot and Vygotsky also, he became increasingly distanced from Marxism, uh, which is an ideology which almost makes the idea of the individual consciousness disappear. And there's so much more of an emphasis placed on the collective social consciousness that the individual is a complete subordinate to the collectivist approach and and Vygotsky as he started to distance from this ideology his his own theory started to change too on on the social factors reigning supreme if you want more into that go to uh um cases for and against socialism we talk about marx's theory a little bit in there uh, one of the earlier ones can't remember the number so the supposed difference we talked about this whole time was, you know, the focus on the social versus the focus on the individual child. Uh, this may be overstated. This 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 difference may be overstated. They may more, the theories may be more similar than we think. Uh, many authors acknowledge that the construction of this individualistic versus collectivistic divide. Uh, is, is, is just complete historical myopia. 
it's only on the surface level that these differences really exist according to a lot of these authors. And just looking at that is, is not, um, not giving credence to the intricacies of their theories. Piaget may actually have been misunderstood as viewing the child as a lonely scientist apart from the social context. An emphasis on a social perspective rather than an individualistic one is actually present in both Vygotsky and Piaget's writings. It's not just Vygotsky who talks about the social context. So Piaget, like Vygotsky, did actually emphasize the role of social factors in the construction of knowledge. So let's here are some quotes to prove this. He says from, from Piaget. So this is Piaget, the one who supposedly doesn't care about the social context. This is what he says about the importance of social factors in childhood development. He says, social life is a necessary condition for the development of logic. He says, social life transforms the very nature of the individual, or the progress of reason is due to social mechanisms. Relations among individuals modify the mental structures of individuals. The individual would not come to organize his operations in a coherent whole if he did not engage in thought exchanges and cooperation with others. The individual can achieve his inventions and intellectual constructions only to the extent that he is set in collective interactions. There are neither individuals nor such societies there are just inter-individual relations. It's not about individuals. It's not about societies. There are individuals within societies, inter-individual relations, and, and, and collective social interactions that Vygotsky concerns himself with a lot. And Piaget also clearly talks about this too. So just based on all of these quotes, Piaget clearly is not forgetting about the social context. In fact, there is, there's no uh, cognitive development without a social context, Piaget says. So this comparison, pointing out the differences between the two authors, is at surface level quite easy. But with a deeper look into their theories, they can be judged to be much more similar than previously perceived. Thank you for listening to this episode, everybody. Vygotsky and Piaget doesn't get much more influential than that when it comes to psychology. Whoever's taken even one psychology course, the first one you'll take, you'll hear both of their names. And for good reason, although their theories were uh, up quite opposite on surface level, they were equally influential for, uh, for this field that uh, I, I personally love so much. So thank you guys for tuning into this episode talking about yeah, these theorists. If you did like it, the best thing you can do is to share it with someone you know so we can continue to grow our community through word of mouth. We'll be back next week as always on Monday. In-depth analysis, diverse set of topics. Take care, everybody. This podcast is a production of Insightful Thinkers Media.